Welcome to Your Business, Your Life with Matt DeFrancesco, your personal financial technician. Whether you've had years of success in your business or just starting out, Highlift Financial can help you create a vision for your business, life, and family, and align these for generational wealth. As they say, what happens in your life affects your business. And now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Your Business, Your Life with your host, me, Matt Francesco again. So, hey, I'm really excited to be with you today. I uh, actually just got back from my... Uh, 2022 strategic planning conference in uh, Fort Lauderdale. So unfortunately, the weather was, we had storms and flooding and all kinds of things like that. So didn't get to enjoy some of the uh, sunshine and beach, but got a chance to really kind of focus on what at least I want to accomplish in my business and my peers were the same way. And you'll be hearing a lot more about this as we move into 2022, because if you've listened to some of the previous podcasts, especially from earlier in the year, I talk a lot about this. So We'll be kind of stressing these things, but you know, it's really interesting when, and when we're doing strategic planning, my coach, we spend a whole first day just talking about mindset. And I think that's really appropriate. What the guests that I have on this time. So, you know, a lot of family business owners, uh, they deal with a lot of mental health, health issues that they're just really not equipped to deal with. They don't even recognize it. Or if they do, they're kind of throw up their hands because they just don't know what to do about it. So my guest today is Michelle Dickerson. She's a passionate mental health advocate. She's been a TEDx speaker, a published author of a memoir entitled Breaking Into My Life. And um, I'm sure you can find that on Amazon and on her website also, right, Michelle? Yep. So great, great. Uh, She's worked with many businesses and business owners to help them to identify uh, some of the issues to give them the tool sets to be identified and to help their employees and family members to get the help with these issues. She's partnered with a lot of innovative leaders out there to bring her programs of mental health and strategies to business owners and help them cultivate cultures of compassion for those living with or caring with these invisible uh, disabilities. And, uh, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, we've been talking a lot about culture within organizations. So I think this is going to be really, I'm really excited to hear what Michelle has to say, especially from the mental health side. So her resilience uh, webinar made an impact and empowered hundreds of employees during the COVID-19 quarantine. So I'm amazed with the number of clients that I work with that have to deal with these uh, many issues. So I'm really excited to kind of hear Michelle's insight. So uh, with that, Michelle, welcome to Your Business, Your Life. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Matt. That's no problem. I'm really excited about it too, because I think, you know, these issues people just, we're just not equipped to be able to handle them. And I'm hoping that you can kind of give uh, the Mm -hmm. audience some insights to be able to identify some of the problems that are out there. But before we get into that, I really only touched on your background a bit. I mean, we could go on and on about it, but I wanted you could just fill in the audience about what brought you to where you are now. Sure. And thank you again for having me. I I love being a guest on uh, innovative podcasts like yours. So I'm grateful for the opportunity. So my story begins when I grew up with a mother who had bipolar disorder. And so I spent a lot of my young adult life and my adult life caring for my mom who had those, those manic moments, those depressing moments. She had been in and out of the hospital. Um, she had a really hard time. And so that was like the tapestry of my life was understanding what it's like to love someone with a mental illness and how challenging it is. Fast forward and I you know, realized I had a great career in a, in a corporate job. And I was And it was a story about my mom that I never really spoke about until someone found out about it that I worked with and said, you know, 
you should tell your story on the TED stage. So I got nominated and I was invited to give a TED talk about that. So for the first time in many, many years, I found myself telling everybody that story and realizing the power storytelling has to really open up a narrative and have people feel less alone. And so I said to myself, if I could do that in a 10 minute talk, what could I do if I wrote my book? And so that led me to write my memoir, Breaking Into My Life. But what I didn't see coming was the depression that I would be diagnosed with myself while I was going through a divorce. So, um, so yeah, so all of those experiences shaped me and really gave me a perspective on mental health. And then I also had the experience of leading a mental health employee resource group when I was at my Fortune uh, 500 company. Company. And that taught me some insight into what it takes to shift a culture and, and things that we can do that can make a difference to create stigma-free environments. And so uh, fast forward, I left the corporate world and decided to start my own company and be the difference that I wanted to see in the world uh, with all of this experience behind me and a, and a very deep passion to cause change. Right. And you can see you don't need to be a professional to do this as my mic cracks. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I think that's 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 an awesome story, and I think it's it's amazing to me how many people like you know run into challenges in their lives and then uh, are able to develop something greater that's out of, out of that. I think that's really just that's fascinating there. So mm-hmm. yeah, so and I think I think Matt, real quick, you and I I believe have Tony Robbins and his in in common, and one of the things that Tony teaches is like success without fulfillment is like the ultimate failure. So I may have been very, very successful in my corporate job, but what was missing for me was the opportunity to be a contribution in the world. And so the fulfillment piece was missing. So now I sort of have the best of both worlds. I pursued something that I knew was going to bring me fulfillment and I'm a contribution to the world, you know? Right. Exactly. You know, and it's, I think that's why a lot of people do end up getting into their own business because, you know, they work jobs and maybe they enjoy their job, but there's still something that's missing out of it. Yes. Uh, It's interesting. We were touching on in my, in business planning, uh, um, the six human needs. Uh, mm-hmm. Abraham Maslow promoted that uh, very mm-hmm. much in this idea, like contributions, my highest one too. And I know yeah. working the corporate job, I mean, I, you know, I enjoyed what I did, but it's just, there was something that was lacking that was there. And it was that idea of being able to really give, I was really still just a glorified salesman with the firm. Mm-hmm. And by, but by starting my own firm, I can now really contribute in the way that I wanted. So I can, I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I get excited. I just did a uh, a session on uh, sleep and renewal, and I, I hung up. Uh, it was it was a live stream Zoom I did for a, a very large marketing community, and I was like lit. I was like excited. I was like, "This is why I do the work I do yeah. because the invigoration of actually f- being fulfilled by work is." it's possible. Like I want people to get, it's totally possible. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so one thing I wanted to ask you, because, um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I've run into this in my practice. I know many, many people deal with uh, mental health issues within their families, within their businesses. And, um, you know, again, like I said, in the intro, a lot of times either they, they can't see them, you know, like, I, you know, we've had issues in my family and I just didn't recognize them. I thought, you know, just they're short tempered or they're, right. um, you know, you know, why are they such wallflowers, things like that. I mean, I've had kids that are, that have been diagnosed with anxiety and, 
you know, it, it took me a long time to kind of identify those issues. And then it took me even longer to figure out how do we address these issues? So what, what advice can you give the audience, especially those business owners who might be dealing with this, not only with the, and with their families, but with their employees, which could be, you know, a, it could be a huge problem for them. Sure. Sure. So first and foremost, I want to get your audience grounded in the data. Right. Before the pandemic, it was said that one in five Americans would be diagnosed with a mental health challenge in their lifetime. Right. Since this pandemic, it's now said that one in three Americans are currently dealing with depression or anxiety. One in three currently dealing with depression or anxiety. I mean, that alone. And then there's another data point that says 42% of the global workforce has experienced a decline in their mental health since the pandemic began. Oh, wow. So we can't underestimate that, you know, 42% of our workforce has experienced something because of the challenges of this pandemic being quarantined, the loss. I mean, there's so many facets of this that are affecting our mental health mm-hmm. that, you know, I think we're all sort of walking around going, well, everyone's like this. So when we do that, we diminish our own struggles. Right. So everybody is dealing with this in their own unique way because it's rooted in their past traumas and life experiences. So how you're dealing with this pandemic is very different than how I'm dealing with it. And so when we continue to compare ourselves to others, like, well, they're doing okay. I should be doing okay. Then we're not really listening to ourselves. So I think the first, first and foremost, we have to get present to how we're doing and stop comparing ourselves to others Mm -hmm. and recognize that this is not a normal life situation that we've had thrusted upon us, right? This is very new and different. So I think business owners, first of all, need to recognize just how it has affected so many of us. Even if you, you're not seeing it directly in your people, they might be struggling and they just might be doing a very good job of covering it up. Yes. So the way that I tell leaders in my leader workshop is the best thing you can do is you can listen. Okay. So there's always trepidation. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to overstep. I'm going to appear too invasive. Uh, I I have to fix it. I have to play the role of the clinician. None of that. Honestly, if you recognize an employee, if their behavior or their disposition is a little bit different than you know them to be, Mm -hmm. there's an opportunity to just check in. Hey, how are you doing? I'm noticing that you might not be yourself lately. Is everything okay? And then just shut up and listen. There's some, some, data out there that says, just shut up and listen for four minutes, just see what they say. Because if, if you just listen generously, you know, it might just be, they, they're having a hard time with something. And, and you probably as a, as a company owner, probably have some resources for them that maybe they don't know about right? or, or tools or uh, websites or phone numbers. So once you listen, you can bridge them to care. You don't have to feel like you have to fix it. And so that's what my first thing is. You don't have to feel like you have to fix it. Just listen Mm -hmm. and be in tune with their behavior and their disposition. And if you notice a change. Okay. Okay. You know, it's interesting. As you were saying this, I I was thinking about, I don't know if you've seen the show, Ted Lasso. It's on Apple TV. I think, I think so. Yeah. And it's, and, and and it's about this, um, this uh, English premier league soccer team. The owner goes through this divorce. His wife takes over the team and she, this team was so near and dear to his heart. She wants to destroy it. So Mm -hmm. she brings in this, this college, uh, like the second tier college 
American football coach to come in to coach the team. And so the whole series is about this, but it's interesting in season two, one of the players is having this, these, um, these issues. He, he actually, they had this greyhound or mascot was a greyhound and, uh, he was going to kick a penalty kick and the dog like jumped trying to catch his bird and he hit the dog and killed it. And then he couldn't make a shot after this. So they bring the psychologist in and she helps him. And then all of a sudden, all the other players start coming in and they're just watching this whole change in their attitude. What I wanted to ask you is the, the value that a business owner may have by bringing somebody in, mm-hmm. especially if they, uh, if they know somebody has an issue, but also how that may, how many other employees may to kind of follow that lead and, um, and get some of maybe their issues addressed. It's, very, it, it, it's a very interesting thing that you just mentioned to me. I, I think mental illness is still, we have such a big stigma around it yeah. and you can't just expect a culture in a company to change on a dime. Right. You know, some people are very private. Everyone comes to the conversation about mental health from their own biases and their own experiences, right? They right. might have horrible situations in their childhood or in their past life where they definitely do not feel comfortable talking about this in the workplace. So it, to do that could actually exacerbate people's anxiety. Uh You know, my recommendations are always to start to normalize the narrative around mental health, the way you speak about it, right? Maybe as a leader, you, you acknowledge that you once struggled with anxiety and what that was like, because that could cause a ripple effect within your organization. So if you can start shifting the narrative in the workplace and start just making people aware of resources available for them to get supported, that's probably going to be a lot more conducive to Mm, having it cause a ripple effect where other employees are curious, what could a therapist or what could talking to a a counselor do for me? How could that benefit me? Um, So there's other ways. I don't know if I would have go about it like, here's a therapist. Now everyone check in because that could be very overwhelming for some people. Oh, I, I can imagine that was what was interesting because it wasn't, they were kind of going on their own fruition. They, it wasn't like they were being forced to do it yeah, and they were seeing yeah. the benefits to it. Um, but anyway, you know, one, one issue, we talked a little bit about this and, you know, and, and employers know that drug use is a huge issue. I mean, it's a massive, massive issue. As a matter of fact, even just in the hiring process, you know, it, it, they, they some a lot of times can't find employees because they can't get any to pass a drug test. Yeah. But, you know, I was mentioning to you about a situation I had with a client who had a, a young employee who was dealing, who was having a problem with drug use. He wasn't showing up for work and how this, you know, he was trying to figure out how to, um, how to address this. And I get a sense that drug use a lot of times is maybe just a symptom of a deeper cause. It's almost like a way to self-medicate. And so I wanted to get your thoughts on that and, and just, you know, what you think about just the, this whole idea of how drug use could be this self anesthetic and how employers could then address it. Yeah. I don't think you can have a conversation about addiction Mm -hmm. without talking about mental health. So addiction as a whole, you have to look at what is the root cause that they're trying to avoid and why are they gravitating to some type of a vice, right? So you're absolutely right. In many, many cases, you have to, you have to get an understanding of what's really going on, but that takes something, right? right? We as a society tend to just look at the topical part, like the 
the results, right? Which is you have an addict or you have an alcoholic or you have a situation, but yeah, there, there tends to be this correlation that there's something deeply rooted. And even when I think about my childhood with my own bipolar mother and how she was trying so hard to escape what she was dealing with in her mind, she would gravitate to to vices to ease the, the pain and ease the frustration. So I think as a society, we actually need to come at addiction with much more compassion mm-hmm. because that helps us understand, like if we can come at it with, well, what's the root cause of that and what's causing the pain that they are so looking to escape to instead of labeling someone a drunk or a druggie. I mean, there, there's, there, I think we need to do a better job of being curious and uh, extending more compassion to people that struggle. Right, right. But I, I can still say it would be hard to just identify that. I mean, um, yes. you know, we're not professionals. And a, and a lot of us have either have never either experienced mental illness within our families or organizations, mm-hmm. or we've just been unaware of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, are there some signs that, that might help the, uh, you know, help those listening to like identify, hmm, maybe there's a deeper issue that's here. I think there has to be a curiosity, right? I think, you know, again, the biggest and the best thing we can do is extend our our hearts and our ears to people, right? It's up to them to do the work. So I think that if you have someone who's struggling with addiction of any kind, you know, just being curious about the pain that they're dealing with, like what, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Can Mm -hmm. I do anything for you? Are you aware of the resources that you could tap into? I think that the best thing we can do is honestly just listen and try to understand what they're struggling with and, and advise them of places that they can go, who they could talk to. So I think, I think that's the best gift that we can do is bridge them to some type of support if they're not already getting support. Right. So that brings me to the million dollar question. Mm -hmm. Where can they find that support? So there's a lot of great free resources out there. And the first one that I refer people to is the uh, National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI.org. NAMI.org is uh, an organization that was actually founded by caregivers of people with mental illness. And and it has tremendous resources. It has support groups. It has chapters in, in local communities. It has signs and symptoms. If you think that someone you love is exhibiting signs of depression, you could go and see what the signs and symptoms according to them are. Right. So I would say, check that out. If you're curious about a therapist, psychology today is a great resource. If you want to know how do I find a therapist that is reputable psychology today is a great place. You type in your zip code and up pop a bunch of different therapists. Um, I'm a personal fan of talk space, talk space, because One of the biggest challenges we have are access to care. And that's the biggest barrier. People just, they try to call a clinician. They can't get in for a month. Well, if they finally have the courage to call, we got to make sure that they get care. So Talkspace uh, promises that you'll be texting with your therapist, I think like within 24 hours and you'll have a session within a week and it's very affordable um, and it's all telemedicine. So you don't have to drive to an office. You don't have to sit in a waiting room and have it be awkward. You can literally just access your therapist um, through your phone. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I see these are resources and we'll put these in the show notes so that people sure. can easily tag them. So mm-hmm. 
you know, and that's one thing that I do in my practice. So, you know, I kind of run this, um, I call it almost like a virtual family office. So, you know, my job, not only from the financial end is also to kind of be that point person. So I call myself, I'm the, I'm the 411 when they need information, but I'm also their 911 that has an emergency. So I have, you know, I've developed this, this network of resources over, over the last 30 years of just professionals in a lot of different areas. And I actually have members of my team who are therapists and counselors that I can refer to if this is an issue, maybe you should talk to this. And we run into this a lot, just, just even within families. And it may mm-hmm. be just something as simple as maybe not full-blown mental illness, but just, you know, there's certain, um, struggles. You know, I think about my story yeah. and, you know, I, I, I've, I've been, I'm a junkie for personal development and I've been doing personal development for the last, you know, 25 years. And you know, I've really progressed and, and, you know, I I've changed my mindset in many different ways, but I went through a period, this was probably about, Oh, I I'd say 10, 12 years ago where it's just like, see, I'm like thinking, okay, I've done all this work, but something's still not clicking. And I ended up going to a counselor and, you know, through the process, I found out I was an adult child of an alcoholic. And now all of a sudden it was like, when the light went on, I started like, I, I remember how it happened. I remember I was, I was in the shower and I just thought about one time, my sister talking about my mom being codependent. And I was like, you know, I have no idea what that is. And so I, you know, I went down, I got on the internet and I started reading about codependency and I'm going, Oh my God, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. You know? And then, you know, understanding that I was this, you know, adult child of an alcoholic and all of a sudden that's where things opened up. But I, I guess, you know, fortunately I did take a step. I, I, I started to realize I'd gone so far, I'd hit some barriers and maybe talking to somebody else was, was the best thing to do. And, um, you know, that, that's what I would encourage anybody who's going through any of these, you know, it might not be full blown mental illness, but it could be too. Right. Right. You know? And I think I love that. And I think one of the things that we, we both have in common, Matt, is the fact that we have always been curious and I, and I always, right. I challenge people to just become curious because unfortunately we don't come with owner's manuals and our parents <laughs> screw us up. Right. And so stuff happens in our childhood that we carry with us throughout our lives. And we are who we are based on our childhood. So chances are we're all just a little screwed up from something. So, and it, and it causes us, it causes things to play out in our lives because of it. So getting curious as to why you are the way you are, and maybe sitting down and talking to a therapist about that could be freaking mind blowing, you know, to just get like, you just, explained you're like oh my god like that's who i am because yeah. then it, it can help you you know show up in a better way and not struggle and be like oh, well now i understand why i am the way i am and so this is what i need to do yeah it really opens doors because it's 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 like all of a sudden this light bulb comes on it's like ah now i know who i am now i understand yes. i get it yes. i i would laugh because i was going through this counseling it took about it this took about 12 months for me to get to this point and i remember i'd sit in these sessions and she'd always be like well, you know, her name was Athena and she'd be like, well, Matt, you can cry. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Because I just wasn't a crier. And all of a sudden I had this, this awakening and I called her. I left a voice because this is like 10 o'clock at night. And I left her. I know you're not in the office, but I need to talk to you as soon as I can. And she got me in the next day. And I'm sitting in her office at a ball like, oh, my God. Yeah. Because you know, it was like all of a sudden this weight had come off my shoulders. Well, you just gave yourself. I got I got to I got to jump in on this because you gave yourself the identity. I am not a crier. Yes, exactly. Right. And so you you had to fulfill on that. Right. Until you until you exploded. <laughs> right. 
That's right. That's exactly right. Now I cry. And then all there's, yeah. And now it's like sweet freedom, right? Because I, I divorced that identity. I am not a crier and I'm just, I'm just me, you know? Right. Oh, <laughs> exactly. So cool. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And and, and if you haven't experienced this, anybody in the audience, I'm telling you, it is one of the most freeing things. And I I think too many times we do have a stigma about uh, about uh, mental illness or even just getting counseling. I mean, I was one of those people for the longest time was like, you know, people go to counselors because they don't have any friends, you know. And, 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 but I, I learned through going mm-hmm. through counseling that, 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 that there's nothing further from the truth, yes. you know? Yes. And the one thing that Athena used to tell me all the time, because once I had this breakdown, I used to thank her all the time. And she just would just look at me because no, she goes, Matt, she goes, you did the work. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think that's what we're afraid of is just yes. really doing the work behind and, it. and looking in the mirror. I mean, it's, it's so interesting that you say that, and I'm going to share this just in case there's any business owners out there that have this belief. I had a conversation with a gentleman last week who said, yeah, I, I'm never, I've never personally dealt with mental illness because I'm tougher than most. Uh-huh. Right. So his perception is mental illness is for those that can't handle life. Right. And so that's the, that's the seat from which he leads his people. And I was like terrified. I was like, dude, there couldn't be anything further from the truth. This is not mental health is not about who's tough and who's weak, right? Like guarantee a life event comes along. It can take any one of us down. I, I was not my mother's daughter. I was adopted. I thought I'm never going to deal with mental illness. Well, a life event called a divorce showed up. And it took me down. So I just, I say that because nobody is immune to a mental illness and it has nothing to do with mental toughness. Right. And well, and, and just you mentioning about like divorce, how that can take you down. I mean, I've read studies where men actually have a harder time coping with divorce and breakups than even women do. So I can imagine if that's the case that, you know, in many ways, you know, they could suffer from these same things, but again, because yeah. we're macho and we're, you know, we're, we're tough, we're not going to address them. And they just continue to keep snowball ball. Well, and they manifest into, I'm just going to hit the bar or I'm just going to, you know, bury myself in work or all of these right. other things. So it's like, and, and we do have work to do. Our society tells our, all the little boys and the men that you got to be tough. It's right. not cool to be, to show your emotions. So we have work to do there. Exactly. You know, I, I just I, I read this book a while back uh, from Brene Brown about um, a dare to lead. Yeah. Have you ever read dare to lead? It's a I, super- yeah, ahead. she's amazing. I love her. Yeah. And her, this whole idea of to truly be a leader, you have to become vulnerable. Yes. And you know what I found, at least in my business, when I became more vulnerable, I developed more. I actually built a deeper bond with my team. Yeah. You know, because now they knew I was authentic and they knew that they they knew that I was willing to step up when I screwed up. Okay. And just, and, but I was also willing to be empathetic with them and to be able to, you know, you know, I've always heard an analogy, the difference between sympathy and empathy is if somebody's in a hole sympathy is you just stand at the top and say, boy, that's really too bad. I feel bad for you. Where in empathy, you crawl into the hole, into the hole with them, with the hole, but with a ladder. Yep. Okay. It's not about just go, I'm going to go wallow with you, but I'm going to wallow with you and then lead you to the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that graphic in my mind that she does. It's so powerful. It really is. It really is. And I, and I think that's what, what men really, you know, struggle with is this idea of just, just becoming vulnerable in a lot of ways, but it really can open up 
it, it can open up your life. It can open up just the, your, your actually your leadership abilities. I think totally. Yeah. I, I had the privilege of interviewing a CEO of a company who told the story of his severe anxiety to his leadership team. So he tells the story of his severe anxiety to his leadership team. And they're all like, Oh my gosh, like I've dealt with that. Yes. Or, or even, even better. They, they go tell everyone. So he went and he told the whole organization and the power that had in causing a ripple effect to normalize mental health was enormous. People were reaching out to him. People were talking about the benefits that they had. Right. They were they were having him realize where the deficits in their benefits were and what they what they really needed for them. So it opened an entirely new narrative. So I always tell business leaders and owners just share, just share a little bit of yourself. And so they realize you're human, just like you say that you do. That's so important. That can go so far in having people go, oh, well, maybe we're more alike than I thought. That's exactly right. What's the the old saying? You don't, nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. Yes. So that's great. Michelle, we're, we're getting close on time. We could, I know we could just do <laughs> volumes on this and then, you know, maybe down the road, we'll bring you back on and maybe we can hone in on a specific topic, but I want you to be able to uh, let the audience know how they can find you. And maybe in some areas that you might be able to help business owners, uh, some of the different tools and um, different programs that you have. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for for the opportunity. So I primarily I work with organizations to do one of two things, either teach employees resilience tips, because we want to make sure that they're recentered. A lot of people are struggling coming out of the pandemic and they don't even realize they're like the frog in the water with the temperature being turned up. Right. So I recenter employees through a series of tangible things they can be doing daily to feel better because we want to preserve their mental health. We want to keep them healthy and engaged in their life and in, in their job. And then I also offer a leaders program. The biggest challenge I heard throughout the pandemic delivering my resilience program is, Michelle, this is great, but our leaders, there's so much trepidation around just what we spoke about in the beginning of the podcast. How do I even approach them? How do I talk to them? How do I support them? So that program is really designed to help leaders have more confidence in really talking to their people if they notice something is up. Wrong. So those are the two programs that I offer. I also do speaking and um, all kinds of, of other small things on the side, but those are my two signature programs. And the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn, because that's where I highlight all of the speaking that I've done. All of my programs are there. I offer free programs. I'm offering two free programs on December 10th. You can find that on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also follow me on Instagram. And if you want a free chapter of my book, you can go to my book website. So Instagram at Michelle Dickinson 71 one. And my company webpage is careforyourpeople.com. And if you want a free chapter of my book, go to breakingintomylife.com um, and then go to excerpt. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll have links to, to all of that on the show notes. So you know, this kind of stuff is fascinating. And I think, you know, just being kind of a personal development junkie, I find it just, I find it interesting how our mindsets really you know, really control our behaviors and our belief systems and everything else. And how this idea of mental illness can, you know, can affect all of those things and how just by addressing these things, we can have a much more productive life. So, so, you know, Michelle, thank you so much. I really, I appreciate having you on. Like I said, we'll we'll maybe like look at sometime, uh, maybe next year, look at doing a deeper dive into some like specific issues too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, invite me back in January and I'll share some of my resilience tips with your audience so they can take care of themselves. 
Oh, that'd be great. That would be awesome. So, yeah. uh, and that's a good way to start the new year too. Yes. So, so, but awesome. anyway, thank you again. And the last thanks always goes to the audience. Uh, thank you for listening to your business, your life with me, Matt Francesco. If you've not subscribed to this podcast, you click on the subscribe button below. That way, anytime a new episodes come out, it'll automatically download to your, uh, whatever device you're listening on. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this a like. Um, and you also share it with your friends and family because I'm trying to provide as much just good content that just kind of help us to become the best version of ourselves. So with that, I just, I want to thank you, the audience. I want to thank Michelle. And again, thanks for listening. Take care and God bless. Hey, I really want to thank you for listening to the Your Business, Your Life podcast. If you want to be notified when new episodes become available, click the subscribe button below. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of High Lift Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment, legal, or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified professional with any questions you may have regarding your business or personal planning. DeFrancesco Financial Concierge, LLC, DBA, High Lift Financial, is a registered investment advisor. Registration with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or any state security authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training.